Welcome back to the Reapcast. Um, been gone for a minute, um, which I think I'm going to hit on first. Um, so I'll say it this way. Depression sucks. Um, I have found a massive rut as of here of late. Um, you just found it. <laughs> well, I, I have uh, bipolar uh, depression and finding the older I get that depression seems to be getting worse That's um, fun. mostly it, it's hitting harder and it's it's digging deeper um, as you would say but uh, so that is pretty much the reasoning for spotty posting um, spotty episodes um, is finding the will to do so. Um, I love podcasting. I love bringing um, all of you out there good topics and things like that. And we do have stuff lined up uh, and coming down the tracks on that. But it's just been really difficult to find the want or the will or the push or the drive to do so. Um, I love you. Yeah. And we're going to mm-hmm. be okay. Thank you. No, it will be. It will be. It's, you know, it's a phase. It happens every so often. Unpredictable. Incredibly unpredictable. Okay. And if life isn't unpredictable, it's not fun. I mean, that's fair, but <laughs> it is what it is. But today, um, me and Julia decided, kind of came up with this idea to talk about what we know now. Um me being 30 now and her very close on her way. Yeah, old fart. <laughs> very close to being on her way to 30. Um, decided to come up with a small, little short list, like a top three, um, of what we, not so much what we would do differently, but the lessons we've learned and that we're probably going to just end up pushing really hard on. <laughs> um, well, explain where the the idea of this kind of came from. Um, from from one of our favorite authors. Yeah, so Donald Miller. Um, he has this concept that he writes in. Which book was that? So the concept comes out of, and he and he really uses it all over, but he kind of coined it. It seems like in To Own a Dragon. Um, Which is a really fantastic it, book. You should read it. It's a really good male, female, not doesn't matter. Just it's a great book um, of understanding just the human psyche, really, um, and how to how just how to walk through being a human and accepting yourself. So, but um, but the the statement he makes is. Um, 
you know, we go through life and we're flying a plane. And after a point, you fly through a storm. Well, what does a plane do when it flies through a storm? It relays the information back to the plane that's going to be following behind it pretty soon. And... Um, well, he says it's 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 practically the 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 job of the pilot. Okay, you hit a yeah. you you hit a storm, you hit turbulence, any t- any type of problems you hit while you're on your flight pattern, you relay to the flights the coming plane. in behind you, so yeah. they're they're prepared, or can at least even avoid them at all costs. Well, not at all costs. We're not shoving passengers out the at the window. That would be messed well. Up. No, but but basically, <laughs> you know, it is. Our job in life, the older we get, to relay back um, how to avoid certain struggles, issues, um, thinking processes, um, all sorts of things. It is our job. And we get in a rut for a very long time thinking, oh, I am not qualified to tell someone they're doing it wrong. When, or just think that your problems are unique and no one else struggles with them. Right. And that's the other side of that coin. But we all have to realize um, at some point, and and I'll say it this way, um, a lot of times, yes, you can hear someone's problems, um, but there is is a small age gap on it, um, in my opinion. Um, What do you mean? So it's really hard to listen to a 22-year-old kid talk about issues with no kids, no family, barely started a career or a job, really, and talk about struggles and pain. Yes, there can be some wisdom in what he's saying, but, like, he has yet to work through those things. But at the same time, you remember being 20. I remember being 20 and thinking that was the end of the world without kids, without, you know. No, I I do, and I understand that. But the fact is... When you we're talking about relaying information back, you need to do some shit before you can say some shit. Well, speak, like sp- I don't remember who told me speak to what you know. Yeah, um, don't, so don't you know? Don't give <laughs> marriage advice if you're thirteen. If, if you're single, do not give the marriage advice. Yeah, um, that uh, is that you might have some insight for like the human part, but understanding a, a relationship like that and how it's changed. And what's going on is very difficult. Um, so, so give advice where you can, but also, you know, perk your ears up when someone else is is giving advice. Um, it's not a term I love, but I I understand it. I guess now more so than ever. Um, uh, what eat the fish, spit out the bones. Um, no, honestly, I have a few thoughts on that. Yeah, I understand. There is always good advice. Yes, there is blatant bad advice, but you have the to be able to listen. Is eat the what? What is it? Eat the meat, spit out the poison. Some no, th- th- no, that's, that's like a, a second. That's, a, that's, a, that's another one that's close. But that's um, impossible. Eat the fish, spit out the bones is actually a little better because it's like, look, there's going to be some some bullshit and some a lot of what people say, and which is fine. Mm-hmm. But there will always be some truth in that too. There's something sometimes again sometimes well, on, it's the, just on the majority laden with poison you need to throw it out the window. <laughs> no, on the majority. Um, now and you'll know if it's complete garbage quickly, but be willing to listen to it first and then make that judgment. Um, 
Yeah, like, so that's that's technically what we were what we're gonna do. We've we've been through some stuff. I wouldn't say we've been we've, through a lot. The fifty year olds are looking at us are like, Oh look, the youngins wanna talk. We we've been through a lot but and yes, been we through. can't speak from, from the that perspective and, and I'm pretty sure we, we We're not going to do and we're not going to. Um we don't plan on speaking, you know, here's how to live your life. We're just gonna report on uh the weather for the last thirty years. Um in the hopes that somebody maybe hears that and goes, okay, I'm going to avoid that little storm or I'm going to avoid that heartache or, or hurt. Or if you're feeling ballsy, we'll tell you how to get through it, um, how we got through it. Um, sometimes you have to go through something um, to understand it, and I get that. I'm one of those people. I've had to go through a lot of bull crap um, because that's just how I am. Um, luckily, that's less now. But that took a lot of learning and and knowing and being self aware about that. So, so without further ado, um, let's nope. get let's get to the the first one. So we we both compiled three. Um, we um, both have three different ones, and we'll go back and forth kind of on them. And I and I think a lot of them will play into each other. Mm. Um, but uh, why don't you go first, my dear? What is oh. your number one? Well, they are in no particular order. Well, this is what we're starting with. So the number one. The, for you. the first thing that I have learned over actually probably my entire life is that one of the most important things you can ever do, whether it's in a relationship or just engaging with another human being on this giant rock that we are living on and spinning on. What? Is that um, we need to be listening more. Uh, a lot of times, I mean, even saying this as an introvert is ironic, but we tend to talk too much. Or we tend to hear just to respond. We we, we, we want to listen and we're building the argument in our head or, build, or twisting words that the person is saying right. to fit whatever narrative we want them to say instead of just listening and um, giving them their humanity. Uh, there's a quote that goes along with this that I'm going to read because I came prepared. <laughs> and forgive me if I get the name wrong, but it's uh, Mary Lou Kaunecki. Mm, I'm so sorry for butchering your name. Just look up Mary Lou. It'll it'll happen. But it's it goes, there isn't anyone you couldn't love once you've heard their story. Fair enough. And don't just look up Mary Lou. Mary Lou wrote a book. Um, the Legend series and Warcross and Wildcard, actually. Uh, well, just look uh, up um, Listen to Story, Mary Lou, and you'll fact Mary check Lou me. Kinetic-y. It's not fake news. I'm not making this up. <laughs> I was about to say, like, you got it right, but there is another author K- named Mary Lou. It's K O W N A C K I. That's how you spell their last name. Kaunaki. Kaunaki. Who knows? Anyways, the important part is that, um, especially with our. Um, political system now even in the church realm it's very easy to demonize anybody Um, given up given enough time you could demonize kids who have brown hair (laughs) right um, because you stop listening and giving them their humanity therefore they're um, you know you stop listening you stop hearing their stories you stop taking them at their word and what happens is that you isolate yourself from real um, relationships you isolate their humanity so you are able to treat them and think of them however you want 
Because you haven't taken the time to listen. Right. And not all stories, um, I guess you're saying about this, not all stories we need to listen to. Because um, there, there will be people you cannot relate to with their story, mostly because bad people are bad people. Well, um, that that's true. And I agree. So, 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 like, so bad don't, people, don't take, just because yeah. they have a good story doesn't mean, I'm not, that's obviously not what I'm saying. Right. But even, yeah, I, don't, I don't remember who said this, and I'm just maybe going off on a rabbit trail here, but, like, every bad guy, you you ask them, people who are in jail for, pled guilty to their crimes, said, no, I'm the good guy. Yeah, because I, it's you know, validation. My, my story, but, but. I mean, there's a little bit of truth in that. Even if some people can do the most horrific thing, okay, I'm not. I'm not even going to go on that rabbit trail. <laughs> I was about to say. So, I mean, I get that rabbit trail of of yes, people who have done horrific things could could have some wisdom, but it's coming from a very skewed, biased right. thing. So, so basically, how Let I me try interpret, going. how I interpret listen. Um, you know, we use a tagline, um, listening is to learning as uh, air is to breathing. So if we want to learn anything, we first have to listen. End of story. There's no mm-hmm. there's no shortcut to that. There's no, oh, I'm just going to go read about it. No, we actually have to go and sit down with people and do our best to understand them. Now, we can disagree and we can do all those things. But when we listen to people, we're allowed to, we are given the gift of empathy to be able to empathize with their pains and their struggles, even if we're going, I don't get why the hell you're so emotional over a, a freaking car. You know, this brand new car and you're whining because it's not new enough. Yes, that's that's an that's a first world problem and stupid, but it's still pain and it's still frustration. Like, it, yeah, it, it instead might, of just going, oh, these millennials and their yeah. problem, or, or you know, or those boomers, oh, they're so yeah. cranky all the time. If we just sat down and took the time to listen to what someone's been through and and their life story, we at least, even if you don't agree with them, even if you you can walk out of there going, yeah, they're a little kind of special. Right. <laughs> you at least, they still have humanity in your head. I mean, think back into high school. Or maybe now, I don't know what kind of circles you run in, but how easy was it to isolate someone after sitting in a group of people gossiping about what they did and thinking about, you know, random theories that, you know, another friend confirms, oh yeah, I bet that's what happened. And all of a sudden this person is the most evil person in the world when they're not there to defend themselves. They're not there to give their account of the story. And it was it's it, one night can demonize a person for their entire life, right? If you have enough people talking it, over each other, it's easier to demonize someone than to humanize someone. Yeah, um, because sure. humanizing someone actually takes work. Dehumanizing someone is actually the easiest thing to do. That's our natural bend. Um, it, well, I mean, it's it's kind of a survival tactic we all know by nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, yes, it is. Th- there is places for everything, and there is a place to to go, you know, these horrible, horrible people and, and to, to, to push them out um, and to do that. There, there are those. Um, and there will be some stories you can't listen to. Um, I won't sit and listen to someone talk about racial differences and how we are made different and how there are race superiorities. I won't but flat out listen to story. it. that's not a story. That's an opinion. No, no, it, it could be. It could be someone's story of growing up in the, 
the white supremacy movement and they're still in it and they're, you know, like I can't sit there and empathize with you. I might be able to empathize with the abuse you suffered or things like that, but I can't sit there and, and like knowingly listen to you champion those things. So, so don't take it as we're saying you need to do that. Um, if that is your bent and you're actually able to listen to some of those people who are just so tilted one way or the other, go ahead. And like, that's awesome. And, but but don't force yourself to listen that way. To play devil's advocate, <laughs> real quick, um, the only way you can make someone change their mind, I'm not saying make, but the only way someone changes their mind is if they feel like they've been understood. So if you don't listen first, it's really hard for someone to get off there. Like, rem- me and you, for example, we're extreme conservative, Republican, racist, like just well at least I was um growing up and it took us sitting down and listening to other people's stories and and feeling understood and telling our story and being told no that's not right that's not right but it took someone listening and us listening to other stories and getting out of that bubble in order to change our minds but it also took the people who are willing to do that so if you're not the person that's willing to sit there and do that don't Right. Do not force yourself to listen to something that's going to get you tilted. That's just going to put you on like this war path. Like, do not, because then that's that's counterproductive to the entire concept. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much what I'm saying is if yeah. you don't have the willpower, brain power, emotional power, whatever power to sit there and listen to the bigot talk about being a happy bigot, well, don't. That's, that's the exception, not the rule. No, but what, what what I'm saying is we're encouraging you to listen to your own health. Meaning, if you can't handle a story about someone's abuse or trauma, let them know. Or if it's going to trigger you, you need to let them know. Listening goes both ways. Um, but also making sure you're safe while listening is is a very good thing. Um, so have those boundaries while listening. But listen as much as you can. Yeah, so that's something I've learned is um I need to listen even if I disagree, but or you know, listen for those little nuanced sentences that people use as a cry for help that they're not able to say, but you know, they're just tiny little sentences here and there that um get thrown out. But definitely be listening more. That's something I've been working on recently. All right, what about you? Uh, so my first one, um, <laughs> I guess is a little more aggressive, uh, but, uh, it's, um, you have nothing to prove. Um, Expound. so, you know, growing up, especially, I, I guess as being a guy and, and at least everyone else I know, you're, you're taught to be a certain way. Um, it's, it's like we talked about for before in the homeschool episode, you, you know, being homeschooled, you always have to be the smartest kid in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of, you kind of don't get a choice. And so growing up feeling like I had something to prove all the time. And I felt like I was the only one, you know, that was like working my ass off, trying to prove myself, trying to, you know, prove everyone wrong. But then when I got older, it finally hit me. You have nothing to prove. Um, I don't have to be the best. Um, I don't even have to be the the worst. Um, I just have to be me. Well, well, because we are competition driven, especially here in America, we are 
overly competitive. Like, everything's competition. Fuck. Cooking is a competition. Something that is, is primal cooking is now... Eating hot dogs is a competition. Yeah, like, like everything is a competition in the in America. I'm pretty sure so, you can come up with anything and it will be a competition. Right. So, so the fact is, we sit here and we we put ourselves in that competition mode even growing up because our parents put us there. They don't, even if they choose not to, it happens. Um, but growing, finally getting to a point where you can go, it d- doesn't matter. It flat out doesn't matter. I don't owe it to anyone to prove anything. Am I happy with me? Hmm. Um, so the only thing, I, I guess the only thing you do have to prove is you to yourself. Um, Do you think that comes with age or because I remember being told that like that's literally the high school pounding we got in our heads. You have nothing to prove. It's just you. And it has to be shown. Hmm. So so you can tell kids that. But if you don't show them and and we don't start changing culture to prove to make that the the norm. um, How do you show that? So like quick example, you show them by celebrating failure. So like we're talking celebrating failure. Hey, you fucked up. That is amazing. Like you tried this. Hey, guess what? We're going to do it again because that was awesome. Now you know how to do it. It, Well, it is. But guess what? That teaches you have nothing to prove. You don't owe it to me to keep doing right. You owe it to me to keep trying because you owe it to yourself to keep Mm. trying. So you need to prove to yourself that you all you like, you're it. You know, um, it's like the most successful people in the world don't give a shit what you think. Even the best marketers, whose job is to like is to care about what you think, don't give a shit. Flat out, they don't care because they know. To them, they it. That's it. They're. they're you, they are happy with them so they are confident Mm. and so when we keep making everything a competition we destroy confidence um people say oh when everyone gets a trophy you know that's destroying competition yes yes it is thank god (laughs) competition outside of sports certain things don't need winners and losers they just need you finished like kids little league do they really need to be taught at six that daddy's mad at you and you're gonna sleep you know outside in the dog house now because <laughs> he loves you less because you couldn't hit the damn ball off the tee you know yes it builds character dad's in jail because he beat the shit out of the umpire or the referee or the coach or whatever because you know timmy sucks at this game but he's playing anyways you know i wish it, that was sarcastic like i wish that was it, well that's true especially that's here in texas several people have <sighs> gone to jail in the last year men and women for like assaulting refs and coaches other parents be, mostly because their kids suck at the game even the kids like yeah or I, they I don't made do a mistake this. or they made a mistake the the ref made a bad call whatever it was it was literally such a minute thing but the parents are like now like one has a felony the rest oh, i think are misdemeanors because they did these these horrible things to these people who are like hey, look it's a kids game 
to me, that comes from having something to prove. Those parents mm-hmm. have to prove that their kid is the shit mm-hmm. going to state, you know. They're living vicariously, so they're they're trying to prove for themselves, so they're trying to prove that they're it. So what is one way that you have found that works to get to that spot? It's literally just not giving a shit anymore about that issue. It's it's literally that's, going... That's like easy to say, but as someone who has a very hard time not thinking about what other people are thinking of you and judging yourself based <laughs> off others' opinions, that's me. Uh, Like just going, oh, well, I don't care. It's like that doesn't stop the anxiety spike when I see other people judging. It's not it's not about it's not about the so it's about taking that judgment and anxiety that like I still have it and I still find myself trying to prove something. Um, And we always will. But it's literally going in the at the end of the day. Their screaming and yelling will never matter. Like matters to me, but. But it doesn't because it doesn't affect what we do. At the end of the day, 90% of the banter and whatever else coming from the outside of your family or group that we hear constantly doesn't affect us. It really doesn't. Like it might affect us for a very minute time, um, you know, a, a couple days or whatever, but, but it doesn't affect long term. Um, things that people say that are close to you in your inner circle, those affect you for years. Right. Like I have changed my entire life based off of what, um, what a toxic person has told me to do that I trusted and it was good advice. Guess what? I've, I've changed my life for it. It, it drastically changed me. Um, so it's going anything outside of this circle can piss off. Mm. Um, Jesus had a very close circle of people who could tell him things. I don't know about that. He, Jesus was doing a lot of telling. Well, but <laughs> but like, I I know what you're I know what the, you're saying. What though. is it? Like uh, he had a group of people Peter, around him. Uh, Peter, um, I mean, James. He had to tell no Peter, John, and um, Peter, John, and. Oh man, who was, was the, the third? Guy? I think it was another John. Yeah, um, they got to go up to the mountain of transfiguration, and guess what? They got to see that. They got to do a whole bunch of like they, those were his. The disciples were his inner inner circle, but the super circle of close super friends. Circle. Those three guys were 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 his friends. They were the um, bees knees, and, and that's a that's a biblical reference. Yes. Um, I guess more of a non-biblical reference is um, you can only remember a hundred faces and possibly that many names of people. After that, the brain starts having a problem. Um, and this was told to me by a, an old pastor. He says um, that it's okay because you remember the people that matter. Not that all people don't matter because all people matter. But some will have a specific influence on your but, life. But some will have a specific, and those are the ones you make sure stay on that list constantly. Mm. Um, so yes, what what people says matters, but it's only the people that you have allowed to speak into your life. And yes, so that's, that's another Christianese term. That's a lot of self talk, I would assume. Oh, like that, that's all it is. the voice in your head. Okay, you know what? Yes, I care, but I'm gonna not. <laughs> well, well, it's it's again. If it are they inside this circle? 
Yes. Is what they said true? Well, I'm railing against it. I need to check it. Okay. A lot of my problem is not what they've said, is what I think they're going to say if I do such. Like, well, (laughs) that's that's not healthy. I'm I'm, I'm working on it. But, like, overcoming that thought pattern of, like, okay, if I do this, they're going to do this, and that's going to hurt, or that's going to be really embarrassing. So I don't even want to chance that. So I'm just not going to do it. So I started relating how I got about I started relating um, codependency with that. I am no longer codependent on society. Hmm. I am no longer codependent on that. And that to me, that's what that is. That's being codependent on that. Which, guess what? Most of us who grew up Christian and especially homeschooled, we're all fucking yeah. codependent. It is what it is. Because mm-hmm. um, that's how we were taught to be. Um, and, and I used to be very codependent. Um, I am drastically not anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> drastically not anymore. Um, and basically you're right it, you have to wake up and be like look i'm going to listen to the people that matter today after your coffee i'm not going to listen to this other mm-hmm. crap i'm not even going to think about them why because they don't matter i mean they matter but on the grand scheme they're they're probably not going to really affect my life unless they just do something incredibly fucked up or grandiose mm. It's something I need to start doing. And, and it, it is a lot of self-talk, but you get to a point where it's like, you know what? You just wake up and you just go because the self-talk's already been talking for you and you walk. Um, and so that that's my number one. And mine, that one is on top for me mm. is that there's no longer nothing to prove. And if you can figure out how to do that early, I'm talking in your 20s, early 20s. Take on the world, man. Not just be cocky. And like, I yeah, don't need anyone. Listen first. But like, again, listen, understand, um, grow, Humility learn. Humility is a huge tool there. But if you can understand that these close people matter to me and I'm going to listen to what they tell me because they matter, but everything else can just piss off, guess what? That's great. But it, one side note, and I rambled on for this one for, for a long time and we have five more to go. <laughs> um don't be that asshole that picks the people that get to speak into your life that only agree with you. Here, here. Um, because if you have done that, you have screwed yourself harder, faster than you ever will believe. Yeah, it's not a good choice. Um, if you only have, if you have not had someone criticize you or disagree with you, I'd say within the last couple months. Oh, I, I would say if you haven't had someone disagree with you in three years. Get new friends. Find new friends. Like, like, don't like, don't like, just replace them, but uh, open up that bubble. Oh, no. To it's me, going to suck and it's going to be hard because <laughs> especially as an introvert, it's very hard to find new friends. Well, for an extrovert, to me, find, replace them. I mean, heck, <laughs> like, just get on Twitter. Get on Facebook. Find someone who is dis- you disagree with and follow them and listen. Yeah. Like yep. someone who is esteemed in their corner, whether it be a Christian corner or a political corner or a whatever it is, whatever, find someone who is respected, but that you disagree with, follow them for a little bit. And that way you have something to bounce off right. the echo chamber. Cause it's just do that and then get friends that can speak into your life. Yeah. <laughs> like start there. If you, if you have a hard time finding like, friends like I do, like, like we have friends, um, that will that pretty much just outright agree with us. We have those friends and it's not so much that they outright agree with us. It's because we're in the same boat 
um, and we've we've come to the same conclusions type of thing. Um, but that's only one of our friends. Um, a large group of our friends don't even agree with themselves most of the time. Um, you know who you are. Bless you. Um, and then heck, my best we friend for anyways. fifteen. I'll disagree on God, so much. We disagree on so much. And it makes me nervous every <laughs> time because I do not like disagreement. We, but we debate every time. Just and leave the room. They are our best, closest confidants. They're some good like, people. Like those are, those are it for us. You know, we were there at childbirth. They've been through it all. Heck, uh, he, he introduced me to Julia. Um, hey. And so it's... You know, but we disagree on numerous things. But guess what? We have both grown so much, and we're both open with each other. That hey, I've grown because you know y'all. We've disagreed because well, I was that's challenged. Legit. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. You like 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 I can love them through their disagreeing. And that um, kind of friendship takes time. You're not. Oh, gonna get it that. took time. <laughs> that's not, and it takes the courage to have big conversations, and it takes well, the courage ending to ending grace. You know, going look. You're stupid, and I love you, but damn, that's dumb. <laughs> guess what? That's okay, because guess what? They're going to say the same thing about your stuff, mm-hmm. and that's okay, because guess what? You, maybe you're both right. <laughs> um, But yeah, so you have nothing to prove to anyone but yourself. Um, And to Jesus. And then that's it. So, <laughs> so don't walk through life like you're having to prove everything to everyone. Just mm-hmm. be happy with who you are. It's a good lesson. <laughs> I wish I knew it when I was younger. Yeah. I thought I knew it. I wish I could make my brain believe that now, <laughs> but even now, it's like, nah, you got, you, 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 maybe when I hit 30, maybe 30 is the magical number where you torpedo into life without caring what every single person thinks of you. Uh, for me, I, I think I hit this a, a several years ago, but I didn't really put much weight into it until I, I just said one day, look, I'm, this is what we're doing now. Hmm. This is what we're doing. Um, but uh, what is your number two? Because I, I think you have one that kind of plays into this <laughs> a little two. bit. Or you have one that plays into this. Yeah, I actually was just thinking about that while you were talking. I'm like, oh, they go along so nicely. We yeah. didn't plan this. Yeah. We just both wrote down our threes and then, all right, we're going to talk about it. Literally five minutes before we started recording, it's like, okay, hey, what are yours? Mm-hmm. My second one is, I don't know, if a nice little header like you had, but it's um, practically be if you are able to be willing to be vulnerable as much as you possibly can in a healthy way with healthy people but as much as you can um the reason for this well is, well let's let's break down vulnerable first okay vulnerable. because that's such a, a don't take off your clothes and walk in and tell everybody <laughs> what your faults are like that's <laughs> not what i'm saying <laughs> I'm at my most vulnerable. I mean, technically, we are at our most vulnerable naked, but like that's just not polite. Wrong. We are the most vulnerable sleeping, and we are the most vulnerable using the bathroom. And naked. Well, I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> all right. Welcome to the Reapcast. We're talking about being <laughs> naked. Um, no, but um, you have a story, and you have shortcomings. Surprise, we all do, but our beautiful human brains decide that we are the only ones with those issues, and that tends to make us isolated and scared, and then we overcompensate 
to try and pretend we don't have those faults. So you're so, saying we manipulate ourselves into believing a lie so well it becomes truth. Yes. Yeah. So to combat that and to bring humanity back to humans. <laughs> um, and even, even yourself. Yeah. That, like to bring have, your own humanity back to you. Yeah. And well, I'll, I'll make that point in a minute. When you are vulnerable with your story, as you can, again, there's a lot of trauma that people have been through that if you share to the wrong people, it'll just re-traumatize you and cause even further damages. I'm not saying go spread it to the world just because I said so or someone else says so. But if you can, if you're at a spot where you're healing and you're working on your problems and you're able to talk about it, do it. Um, I was only able to start talking about my trauma, my hurts, my abuse when I heard someone else talk about it. Well, and let's, I well, mean, that was, I, what, in Celebrate Recovery? I think that was the first time for both of us. It was the first time really, I had openly shared yeah. it. And then what I got, my, what my brain told me I was going to get back is people isolating you. Oh, you're weird. That's gross. I don't really want to be around that Villainization person. of you. Yeah, or that I was making it up, or all all sorts of stuff. And you're gonna have those people, but the the majority every every time I've shared my story, nine times out of ten, it's oh my gosh, I've had the same experience. I've felt the same way. Thank you for sharing your story. Now I feel like I'm not alone. And that's nine times. Anytime I share, like personal struggles, like my anxiety attacks, my PTSD attack. My struggles with parenting my kids, <laughs> like uh, m- issues me and Clay have together. Like anytime I share that, never it's never like, oh, oh, yeah, I don't, you're gross. Like who struggles with that? That's not no, literally nine nine times out of ten, it's oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one who dealt with that. Oh my gosh, I I've been doing all week I've been struggling with that and I thought I didn't know who to turn to because I, I I thought I was the only one. Or it's so nice to know someone else struggles with this too and then I'm not alone in this. Like I every time I feel like okay, this is going to be the share that just breaks my reputation and breaks my friendship with people. It's always well there's, again, there's there's I can count on my hands the times it's backfired. But it's most, but most of the time, it's mostly online. <laughs> it, it's like because <laughs> trolls are going to troll. Trolls are going to well, but it it connects humans in a way that not much else does. Well, yeah. So we're we're tribal. We were from go. No matter how you look at creation or evolution, no matter which side of this ship you even if you're the people who think you know we spawned from an elephant's butthole and we're sitting on the back of a tortoise no blah 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 that. uh actually yeah um no matter what everyone can agree on this we are tribal people um we we band together in groups and cliques we all hate them in high school but then seek them outside of it um we are seek friends no and fellowship island? um no person is an island. Thank you for being sexist on that one, my oh, dear. Well, my apologies. Um, it's how I was raised. But uh, <laughs> but we we all want to be connected, and when we feel alone, we feel disconnected automatically. It's not just like a sudden. Oh, I feel you know not connected. Like when I feel alone in something, 
um, there's shame, there's guilt, um, there's um, self bias going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, black and white thinking. Um, if anyone knows what that is. Um, well, but it, like the more you keep your problems to yourself, and the more you don't share, I found in my life, the more isolated I become more angry and mistrusting I am, the more I feel like You're drowning I don't in air while trying to breathe. <laughs> anywhere. But the more I've, you know, taken that breath, because, you know, the, the story happens in a conversation, okay, you know what, I'm going to look like an idiot, but I'm going to share the dumbest thing I got pissed off at last week. Yeah. Or I'm going to share this really big insecurity I have and not have the immediate answer following because that's yeah. American culture. I don't know uh, much else, but American culture is you can only share your problems once you have found the solution. I and and I also think that's general, uh, a general thing of our generation as well. We suffer a lot from that in our generation. Like it's, I struggle with immediate. depression. Here's the five steps I took to beat it. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, our generation you're is... able to talk about your problems as long as you're on the other side of it. It's yeah. very, it's very discouraged in our culture to talk about your problems and go, I am really angry with my relationship with blank no right now. Picks. And I'm still angry. And people are like, <laughs> Oh, Oh, what? Uh, okay. Like, we don't know what to do with people who are like, I am grieving the loss of this person. Oh, so how'd you get how'd you how, how'd you get over that? How'd you get out? Oh no, yeah. I'm still grieving. I haven't yeah. eaten in a week. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, so I think a lot of people don't realize with this, like, yeah, they can. You so you might be the greatest listener in the world. You might have that that first one Julia mentioned off down pat, and that's awesome. Yeet. But with the second one, you got to learn to shut up. And honestly, no answer is some a lot of times the best answer. Or just and share. Okay. Share and say I'm struggling with this, and I haven't well, gotten to the other side yet. Well, well, not just that. I mean, heck, a lot of times for someone new, it's like that sucks. I'm sorry. Just simple. Don't if you if if, if you have oh, if you're listening to someone, yeah, sharing if you're listening problem. with someone, guess what? Don't that suggest is a, <laughs> yoga. Just don't do it. Don't suggest anything at all. If you, you could suggest chocolate. I, I uh, that's pretty uh, safe. Depending on it, yeah. Unless you're on keto, don't but, do that. Well, no, nah, unless it's 100, percent 100. percent um, but no, just saying nothing is okay. Um, Julia can tell you it was better. I said nothing when she came at me with a problem sometimes or said that that sucks and that's it. Then me trying to fix it. There are times she wants me to fix it. <laughs> She's going, I have this problem. What do I do to stop it? What do we do to fix this? And I go right now here, click. I can come up with a solution pretty quick. Yeah, I do that to you a lot too. Um, I'm like, well, have you tried this? Yeah, and I've had to tell her, hey, I don't, I don't need that bullcrap. Stop I, trying I need, to fix it. I need you to listen and go, that sucks. I'm sorry, or just I hear you and leave it at that. On a side note, that happened when my dad died a few years ago. I, I was just kind of venting online that, oh, I am yeah. so sad. I'm so hurt. I. I don't have a good answer for this. And someone yeah. just said, Hey, Julia, I'm really sorry you're hurting. Yeah, just simple. no. I hope he gets better. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing no, to say, uh, but, but it how's was just your diet. Are, it, you, are you eating right through this? Sweet God. <laughs> but it was just, Hey, man, I'm really sorry you're hurting. And that meant more to me than everyone who's just hang in there. You're gonna like no. not that those are inherently bad, but that someone just they, said, they I'm, mean well. I know I, I I see you're hurt. 
yeah. and I'm sorry for it. Yeah, like but, that was it. But sorry, that one really was genuine. Sidelined. But no, yeah, no, that was, because that's exactly what we're talking about. Because they they knew when to shut the hell up and just go look. That sucks. Yeah. Sorry. So, but back to the point of when you're vulnerable with people and you show that you're flawed or that you have issues that makes you more of a human to someone else. And when someone shares their flaws with me, man, I'm like, that's someone I can trust. That's someone who I could be friends with. If you never show any problems whatsoever, and I've tried this too. I've I've tried living the life where there was absolutely no flaw and it got me sad <laughs> got us in a bad spot it got uh, like no one was able to speak <laughs> into our lives and be like hey that looks a little messed up like i see you're hurting but you're kind of punching yourself in the face here you know, or it just made people think okay there's nothing i can relate to in you because you're never sad well it's like those people that smile all the damn time how you doing today brother oh like, the lord has blessed me no no another I'm talking- week I'm talking the people who smile all the time. They're like, "Well, how's your week? You know, you doing okay?" And they're like, "Yeah, car broke down. My dad wife died. left me. My dad died. Dog died. Such a great and, day. And uh, the IRS is coming to arrest me later today." <laughs> and they're still like smiling through it. Like, I get you might have a god gift joy, but but damn, it's okay to be sad. Like, it's okay to be like, um, you know, I uh, I'm I'm a little shitty today. <laughs> Like, that's okay. Well, and I found that I'm able to receive more humanity that way, too. When I'm saying yeah. I'm sad and people go, oh, well, I'm sorry. They're able to speak into that. You're not suffering alone. Right. And that's probably been the biggest struggle I've had over the last, let's say, 10 years is being willing. And I've been trying to put it into practice more. Being willing yeah, it's to. it's not easy. Being willing to just yeah, you know what, here's what I struggled with this week and I don't have an answer. Here's what I struggled with last week. I'm having a really awful day and I'm not apologizing for it. <laughs> like, well, not just that, but it's I'm also... I'm not turning it into a moral lesson for the world to, to learn from. It's just, hey, I'm I'm sad and I'm angry or I'm, yeah, I'm doing something wrong. I know I'm doing something wrong yeah. and I really don't want to, but here I am. But it also leads to being able to, when you're in those moments, like, look, I'm going to be a complete ass. I'm going to apologize for it now. Why? I don't know. I, something's wrong with me right now. Um, it, call it depression. Call it whatever. I'm sorry. Um, being vulnerable like that, too, with people, just letting them know you're you're not okay mentally. Like, that helps people understand. Why you're doing some stuff. Why you're. <laughs> Why you're being an ass? Why, why you're it's emotional? Not okay, why you're but whatever. they can at least understand. Well, no, it makes those things okay because they can look at you and go, "Look, this is not something they're deliberately doing towards me." Why? Because they were vulnerable with yeah, me it's up not front. A personal attack. Yeah, they're like, "Look, they're tr- they're fighting it. Something happened." You know. Um, well, yeah. There's some times yeah. where my introvert goes overboard like i'm super sensitive to everything and i just need to lock myself in a room now if i were not to communicate that you know this happened when we had friends over i locked myself in my room and i didn't come out the entire time they were there um without communicating they're like (laughs) they're like what is she pissed at us or they like all these questions but once i I think at one point i was like yeah y'all you just fucking pissed her all off oh (laughs) jeez don't do that i'm gonna be up all night with my anxiety like oh what are they thinking (laughs) 
But no, I came out like a couple weeks later. I was able to like, hey, I need to talk to y'all. <laughs> it was not, you know, I was just, yeah. I could not. I had, uh, you know, the, the worst weekend, the whole tiring week before that. I just could not do people. And I was too polite to tell people, hey, don't come over. I don't want to look at anybody in the face tonight. Yeah. But but the cool thing is now, though... But now they were able to, like, oh, well, we were wondering, and they just laughed it off. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, you little prude yeah. jerk. Like, you know, if I had just explained that in the beginning, that would have gone which, over a lot nicer. Which we do now. Like, there have been times where it's like, you know, where's Clay? Where's this? And it's like, look, they're they're not doing so well right now. You just need to... And it keeps you those relationships healthy to where people aren't saying, oh my gosh, they're pissed at me and I don't know why. You know, if you're like me, oh, what did I do yeah. to make them mad? It's it's just a win-win all around. Now, again, there's times where being vulnerable, people will be like, oh, that's, oh, okay. But the the con, the, the pros far outweigh the cons. And um, I'm learning more and more, the more you're vulnerable with people, the better we make this world yeah and it'll be easy to see the people you shouldn't be um they'll use it against you pretty quick yeah it'll become a tit for tat don't or, be around those people um or the I'll people talk about more of that in a minute yeah the more so you it'll be pretty obvious when you know you need to cut ties with someone you're being vulnerable with that they just need to be a basic friend yeah, that's just, a just basic, really easy way to cut out some toxic people yeah. in your life. Like, okay, you're not trustworthy friend to open up my vulnerable feelings with. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, like just here. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah. Um, but this does play into mine. Um, again, man, um, is that the Holy Spirit <laughs> at work or what? <laughs> I, I'm so, going to be lightning bolted out um, of the sky. I'll, I'll start with this. So my my number two is lead from the front always lead from the front um so when you're being vulnerable we have found um, and this is the example um we rush to be vulnerable now like that is um that is kind of our first thing we kind of use it quick. to experiment on people are um, like all right are these good people all right let's well, tell them some of the crappiest things we've well, ever done and see how they react <laughs> it's because if you're going to be close to us you, you gotta understand we don't work like normal people in the way of conversations and dealing with things. We are not okay with the status quo of how things are supposed to happen. So Rebels we, we, we sit, we literally go, look, here's our shit. You either can deal with it or you can go, look, I can't deal with that. Or you're, we found, and it's 90% almost now, every time we have just laid it all out there. All the shortcomings, the difficulties, the honesty, everything. It hurts. They have almost immediately opened up back. But yeah, it's funny. Al- it? Almost every time. So when you lead from the you front, you get the same traumatic stories, yeah. and then there's this deeper connection you have with people you just met, and, and an automatic trust almost. Not not maybe. Yeah, because you're, term, you're but practically entrusting trust. black man. <laughs> yeah. Well, not just that. It's <laughs> to the wrong people. These people were, were bleeding out before me. I will do the same. It's like a pack. Yeah. Um, and so when I say leading from front, I mean doing that. You are the first and the last. Um, you know, you make sure everyone gets in. You make sure everyone gets out. Um, and And that's an everything um it's knowing at the end of the day that 
you did your best and everyone around you did better because you made sure of it. Not mm-hmm. to say that it's on you. Um, don't take it that way. Because leaning from the front means if you're leading people in any way, your friends, your family, leading from the front doesn't have to be a grandiose thing. It can be minute. Um, there's an excellent book there's... about this called <laughs> Leaders Eat Last. Yeah. I highly yeah. recommend it. Um, and it's... Um, well, heck, even the book Church Planner by Darren Patrick, um, even you know, not even for planning a church, but he talks about leadership and he's talking about leading from the front. Um, what it means to lead from the front is, a hum- is just well, a human. You show the example. You don't um, wait for someone else to show the right example. You, you do it. If you're, if you're what my, the favorite image online and, and people always like, yeah, but they never do it. You know, a manager will sit there with a whip and crack it get going the leader will get down there with well their people and pull in front you know they're they're down there working they're not just giving orders and marching off it's it's a personal job first and show it how it's done so can you give just a few examples of what that looks like in a day-to-day life whether you're a dad or just a or someone at work or just a a single person or married or whatever what does that look like i fall into and i have a lot and it's a big thing for me um i am above this um the moment you think you're above something you are the shittiest leader in the room because yeah, the, thought, <laughs> the thought of I am above anything, like, and, and I'm talking damn near anything, um, I'm above that, or I'm too good for that, or I've been here long enough, my seniority says no. Any validation you give to not just be humble enough to shut up and do the job, mm. no matter what, and, it, and yes, I'm being general, <laughs> Because it yeah, matters. But it's time to a hardship. <laughs> but you need to check where you're at. Because when you want to lead, because a, everyone has a leader capability. Think of it like a score. Everyone can lead. Mm-hmm. Whether it's one person themselves or um, a group of people at work, but they can't lead a group of friends or vice versa or whatever. Everyone has a leadership capability. But it is never the same score. Now you will find the people with your score, and that's great. But know what you can and can't do, for one. But there are some of us who can lead in a large way. And that's great, and that's awesome. That's mostly where I'm speaking to. Because small-time leaders, again, not using small to degrade, but small-time leaders... Um, or low-scoring leaders ones that are, impact the world more. They well, not when just you have that. Just a few people around you that you're leading. They lead well usually because usually they're they're more humble because they don't have this large pressure. Yeah. Um, but to the people who lead large, um, and this is all you pastors this is everything. Um, yeah, you can clean toilets and do stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I can do a bunch of yards and a bunch of toilets at my job and I can do all this stuff. But I have to be the first one to pick it up and do it first. Meaning I have to make time to do it. Um, I don't wait and get shunted it. I do it. Um, 
Another example I just thought of is like if I'm constantly telling my kids to stop losing their temper and to talk it out, I got to be the one to actually stop losing my temper and show them how to talk it out because, you know, people will copy what you're doing, especially if you're in any type of leadership. Oh, yeah. Whatever. So if I'm just constantly like just yipping across the house, <laughs> I almost said yeeting, yeet, uh, <laughs> Uh, they're not going to get it as well as if I just sit down, okay, here's how you talk it out, you know, and show them, you know, no, I'm the parent. I can just yell at them and expect, you know, that that's usually the thought in my head. No, I'm the parent. They should know it. I can just yell at them um, or tell them to do it and they should know how to do it. If I don't show it consistently, they're going to copy me. And usually that's what's been happening lately is that they just copy me instead of listening to what I say. What? Well, so with that, um, all kids want to be leaders. All a lot of kids, a lot of kids. I won't say all. A lot of kids want to be first. They want to be leaders. Um, you know, it's a natural thing. Um, and with that, when you're leading young leaders, or when you're at your job, just because you're not in charge doesn't mean you're not leading. Amen to that. Um, because um. True leaders are not people with positions of power. True leaders are people who affect years after you're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to get, remember, they're not going to write songs about you. They will forget you, but they won't. Because somewhere in their brain, they're going to go, I saw this done. It worked well and it was awesome. I'm going to do it. They won't be able to tell you people your name or why they do it. But guess what? The effect will be there. What is a legacy? Um, Planting seeds <laughs> in the garden. You never get to see. And and there's truth to that. So leaders are not grandiose. Um, leaders are people who don't give any shits about being a leader. Um, well, and what you said, leaders lead from the front. They start at always. first. They don't wait for someone else to do the right thing. They they see what needs to be done and okay i'm going to do that regardless of whether it makes them look good or bad this yeah. is how it should be done and, i'm going to start by doing and it. and i'll say this um if you are a lower rank leader in the sense of you can't handle much adapting these ta- these tactics is not going to help you um this is not a step book that i'm calling out to people to hey if you do this you'll this be able to lead more you get a fifty thousand um, dollar mega church that's not what i'm saying um what i'm saying is lead with these things where you're at don't try to change it don't try to make it bigger if but it if, happens it'll happen again it makes the world a better place just worry about leading well where you're at there is no right or wrong because if you're leading from the front selflessly, not caring about the title, not caring about the thing, at the end of the tunnel, um, you're, you're not just doing the dance to get the cookie, um, no matter what, people will be attracted to that. Well, and it makes way. you a better person. It makes you a better friend. Mm-hmm. It makes you a better coworker. It makes you a better employee. It makes you a better mom or dad. It makes you... Everything just makes you better. Yeah. If we had more people being willing to do that kind of stuff, 
see a lot of good positive change. Yeah. So, so yeah, lead from the front. Don't, don't be scared to do it either. Um, yes, you're going to feel alone. You're going to be tired and it's going to suck. But it's rewarding. But again, at the end of the day, you'll get to see things people can't pay money to have. Yeah. So what is your... My last one. Your last one. My last one is to... Uh, there's a very tricky way to say this. The easiest way to say is don't waste your time on vampires. And I'm not talking about Stephanie Meyer's Twilight. <laughs> but don't waste your time on that either. Yeah, yeah. Burn! Okay. <laughs> but Such a shitty book. Let me, let me break that down for you. Let me unpack it. <laughs> <laughs> let me unpack that. Let me unpack that. Something. There's a, something. <laughs> what do we so, mean by vampires real quick? What I mean by vampires and this could apply to a single person. It could apply to an organization. It could apply to a job, um, just an entity. Vampire is someone who demands, asks, or accepts your time, your investments. and That's emotions, physical, verbal, a, a, everything. Any, any, anything you have to offer. Cash, money. They accept it or they take it or demand it. And sometimes they don't even demand that you just give it because you're a nice person. They assume that. Um, but they take it without ever, ever, and that's emphasis on ever, giving back in a healthy way. So what this looks like is, you know, you're, you're, you're investing your life for this person or this job or this church. And they're never willing to give that kind of time and investment back to you. Now on a disclaimer, there's, there's always going to be seasons in everyone's life where you can't give back, where you have an awesome friend who is just taking the, like just boss taking care of you. Um, and you're not in a spot mentally, emotionally, whatever to be giving back. That's different. And that's fine. And that's for a season. Now, if that's been, you know, years and years and years and you're always taking and never giving back, you might need to reconsider. If you've had a friend for 30 years and that friend, every time you have started talking about emotional issues or needing a dollar or something, they've told you to kind of piss off, not your friend. Yeah, but uh, I just wanted to make that disclaimer, but that that kind of a relationship only makes you exhausted and bitter and it only benefits one side of the party yeah it it, it it's not wise and i'm not going to completely advise against there's there are people with mental illnesses that just have a hard time getting back but i think we can be pretty good judges when we're lying to ourselves about the reasons why we're giving so, so i would actually disagree um there are people with mental illness but but no matter what people who struggle like I do, we both have PTSD, we both have anxiety and depression, I have bipolar. There is always a light bulb spot where all we want to do is give back because we know. Right. Like, like I've never heard a story from majority of the people I've talked to with mental illness who are crushed by it, who when they are clear, do everything in their power to give back. That's fair. Everything like like that's their first thing is like I'm gonna go. We're gonna take care of you. We're gonna do like like that is always because they know who carries them. 
They know yeah. who, again, led from the front. Right. They know. So, like, what I'm saying is that I've learned, I've, I am a giver. I love to give. I love to give my time, my emotions, my thoughts <laughs> towards something that I am loyal to. And when I, you know, attach that loyalty to something, regardless of what's done, I will give until I just can't anymore. And that has hurt me a lot. Now, would I take back? No, I wouldn't take back those actions, but I think it would have been wiser for me to see kind of the signs of toxicity and be like, you know what, my time and my emotions can be better served if I give, you know, apply them to some someone else, something else. I would have had probably better friendship structures. Um, I went a long time without good friends because I was constantly just throwing myself and my gifts and, and everything at people who really could care less. Oh, thanks. You know, and I was just investing all this time and this mental space thinking of what I could do next, you know, for them. And it just was never reciprocated. And it left me really yeah. hurt and it left me really bitter and it left me not wanting to give to anyone else again. So, um, well, and I guess small disclaimer on that, like you, yeah, you could be having a, a friend I guess, and this is where I, I would really honestly put the disclaimer on that is who is in the same shitty boat as you are. And mm-hmm. so, th- because, you know, we have good friends, but we also have those other friends. Um, again, not discounting those other friends, but the friend we want to pour into, we can't because they've also been pouring into others and then they can't. That doesn't make any sense. So, so, um, friend A pours all their energy and gives all their energy to this toxic group. Mm-hmm. But the person she want that or he or she wants to pour into is friend B. But friend B is doing the same damn thing on the other side of the tracks. Right, we're both and giving so to toxic friend people a, instead of each other. Yeah, so friend A is going to look toxic to friend B and vice versa because we're both giving to toxic entities on either side. Um, but that's where being vulnerable comes in. Um, that's where leaning from the front comes in. That's where mm-hmm. not having like, like that's where all these other things we've talked about come into play is being, Hey, you know, I've been pouring into this other group and I'm, you know, and I'm just not getting anything out of it. And hopefully hearing back. So have I, hmm. because then you've now opened up that next chamber to be able to pour into each other with well and this gets tricky because if you start looking at all your friendships like like a business okay am i getting enough return that's not the kind of attitude i'm looking i'm just saying like but but some but to some degree you have to to some degree you have to take and, and i would really just take inventory and be like look am i just pouring all of my life into this thing whatever it may be and and not getting you know, is is this making me grow? Is this making me a better person? Or am I just doing it because I have to? Well, so I would, and I'm, I'm going to say this and let me break it down real quick. Rank your friends. Rank the ones behind you, in front of you, alongside you, and the ones that, you know, are just kind of there and the basic friends. Um, when I say basic friend, that they don't, they don't get keys to the kingdom. They don't, they don't got the membership card. 
They just, they hang out, you talk about sports and some basic bullshit with them, and they go There's home. There's no deep connection. There's there. no deep connection, but they're a friend. They're people you They're, they're nice people you, you care about, you know, um, you're sad when bad things happen to them, not, you know, but, but they're just a basic friend. Um, it's, it's, and it's okay to have basic friends. Um, right. That's, that, that's not, not wrong, that's not wrong. I'm talking about the ones where you're just constantly. Yeah. The, but the other ones, for. the other ones you're constantly there for, and they're never there for you. And they're always taking from you. Kick them to the curb. Just because there is nothing. Well, before good. you do that, <laughs> before you do that, and this is talking to me as much as I'm talking to anyone else is you need to have a conversation. Yeah. Well, like, don't just be like, okay, well, this friend hasn't given me three years without telling them I'm just going to ghost them for the rest of their life. (laughs) Yeah. That's not wise. Maybe they don't know. Maybe. The bad ones will tell you they just don't care. The bad ones will turn it around and say that you're being selfish for asking (laughs) anything. And then, you know, okay, yep. Yep. Goodbye. Goodbye. And we've actually, we've actually dealt with this before. Um, Actually. Mercy us and a large group of friends dealt with this so we we have a good close group of friends here in our local town um it's our it's our own little family um and we care we really care deeply for everyone um i don't consider anyone in in our group basic um yeah basic in in any way um they're they're all close and i feel like i could call on them and they support as much as we can and we do the same like it's because we, we all want it's that a give support. give-take relationship yeah. mo- um, for the most part. But we had a friend, all of us, that was a taker. Mm-hmm. Um, constantly, constantly taking. And I mean, like every few months they'd give something back? But it was of? always like... Uh, but it was always like, look at me, I'm so <laughs> great for giving like something. It was always Stiltskin from... Uh, what comes with the price. Uh, what is it? From what is it? Uh, Once Upon a Once Time? Upon a Time, uh, Mr. Gold, you know... A deal always comes with a price. And it's like, huh. Um, I like that. And you knew that. So um, I knew that. He, he got me on some of that stuff. And then, uh, but once we, once I told the group, hey, I'm, I'm done with this person, they're all like, yeah, we're behind you. There was no, and, and not that they didn't talk to him or, you know, shun him or whatever. But they're like, yeah, we agree. Because, you know, same reasons. But it took us stepping out and going, look, you need to get the hell out. This I'm sorry. This is hurting the group. You're, yeah. you're damaging me and other people. So I'll be the first one to tell you, leave. Um, and and that's what it basically boiled down to. And then mm-hmm. come to find out, you know, he was hurting other people and they felt the same way. They just didn't know how to handle it or didn't want to or were scared to or whatever it was. Um. Yeah, so I would just, I mean, it sucks and it's scary. And, and it's, it's hard. Really hard. But take inventory of the people in your life. I mean, um, for me and Clay, one of them is we we tend to throw ourselves completely at churches. <laughs> like once we're invested, we just blah, we're going to give everything, our time, our resources, our money, like everything. And we're kind of learning how to not (laughs) we're we're all in people um when we get behind a cause or a reason 
Um, We'd go head first without checking to see if yeah, it's shallow water. The, 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 well, and, and if, it, if it's not shallow water, we, we learn to swim pretty damn quick. That's just who we are. And and that's a strong suit. Oh, I was more I so talking about head trauma by well, diving in. Well, I understand that. <laughs> but uh, but the thing is, but like, we, I we tend to do... I, I wouldn't I, say it's a bad thing. Uh, but and it can I, be. It can be. Circumstantially, yes. And we're finding it out. We need to stop in certain ways. We need ways. to balance it out yeah. more because we would just okay, like anytime the church doors are open, we'll be there. And we 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 found out with a few of them, it's like okay, we're doing all this, but what are we really? You know, are are these same same leaders? Are these same people willing to give back? And and so let's clarify yes, that real no. quick. Um, so we are not looking for a consumeristic style of church, nor do we believe that's something a church should be. No, it's more so. Um, emotional in a church when it comes to that specifically, um, not financially. I'm not even going to say that. Um, no. Uh, it's it it's more so financially and companion based. Um, where there's people, especially in leadership, who who do their best, um, their very best to to feed back to the people that are feeding in to the to the community there right and Um, it's just honestly just for us putting personal boundaries like okay we're not going to jump into every volunteer spot we're not going to jump into the three hour time slots every single time yeah like it and 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 we're we're learning how to put boundaries on ourselves and learning how to say no right and a lot of that is is and i think this goes along with what you're saying is we gave so much we expected a little back and Possibly the little we did get wasn't enough because we put so much in. So we 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 had this what bias yeah. on us a little bit, and, and and then there very much could be that on us as well. So like just we're willing take for that. some inventory, see if if you're investing too much, or yep. if you have friends who aren't investing in you at all. Have some conversations, and it's okay make a to, plan, and it's okay to have basic friends. Yeah, it's there's nothing wrong with just having friends you don't have to pour just into. Make sure you're not giving your life to someone who is not willing at willing i'll even say willing to do that back or invest back in you in any way yeah because a willing person will find a way right it may not they'll, look they'll, the same way as what you're doing but if they're willing that's a that's a better a healthier relationship than someone who is constantly asking from you and especially asking you to jump through hoops for them and they won't even get off the couch for you yeah yeah um so yeah i would my 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 lessons that I've learned is that you need to take inventory and and see where there's some unhealthy relationships or volunteer efforts in your life that you need to switch around a little bit. Yeah. So, what's your last one, honey? So my last one is is kind of the obvious one. Um, what mattered then does not matter now. Um, and explain <laughs> so <laughs> what did matter what did matter then everything and why doesn't it matter now um and it's kind of the theme of what we've been talking about of course but uh when we're young we think you know i need x y and z to be happy i need this person or that i need to make this much i need this type of relationship i need these type of friends um but really, um, it doesn't matter. Or or even, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit, or even I need these things. I need to be this way. I need to look this way. 
and yes, this is is kind of like nothing to prove, but it but it's a whole different like set of rules and self talk that go along with this. Mm. Um, what we thought mattered, like that held weight. Um, even people we thought mattered opinions and I, I think this is more opinion based the opinions we had that we thought mattered we had so many opinions don't anymore and here's why it's not because we didn't believe them it's not because we didn't think they were true or we didn't do our research they don't matter because if you have your opinions from when you were 20 to when you were 50 you have fucked up why because you're dead. You are socially, cognitively dead. Nothing can grow when something's already there. Not to say you have to change your views drastically, but if you're not... There should be tweaks. If you're not cultivating that, that garden of ideas constantly and getting any mutations... Uh, and that's a gardener's term, you will always have, if you've been gardening for over 10 years, you're going to have a plant mutate on you. Mm. you you're going to have something cross-pollinate well, I mean, and get something weird. Something a little easier is if you, know, if you have a three-year-old who, like, uh, <laughs> one of the cutest things that I thought, if, well, our youngest told Clay when he came in from um, working outside, um, you know, he was sweating on his face and she looked at him, oh, it's raining on your face. Like yeah. that's really cute from a two year old. If you really have a, ugly from a forty year old. If you have a twenty two year old going, yeah, when you when you work outside you rain on your face. <laughs> oh, that's concerning. Like yeah. if you have the same views that you know, you're you're expected to grow. You're expected to grow, oh, okay. What's happening is that you know, you're actually perspirating and that's getting rid of toxins in your body and you're you're cooling yourself off. Like yep. you know, to understand those, it's not raining on your face. So like if if that 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 kind of keeps going your entire life, you see things one way, and then when you get older, okay, it's the same, but not. But here's actually a better explanation, right? Or so, a better thought process. So, well, like us, case in point, like me, um, I grew up heavily Republican, heavily Republican, heavily conservative by nature. Um, in high school, I I I just clung to the the tea party um watching that birth out of the concern which is what now the conservative movement really is um and i clung to that one i was ignorant didn't know really what it was about um i just knew it was the thing and what i needed to do um and back then it was fine that's what i thought i needed to do and i was that way for a long time we both were. We were both just stuck. Like we, we, even in our, even in our, our conservative thoughts and Republican thoughts and just opinions, repeated the same which, things over and yes, over. Yes, I'm over using again. a a political agenda, but here in the South, being conservative and Republican is more than just a political bias. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It brings morality, ethics, and and a whole bunch of other things to it, because of what everyone here points to it and, and kind of connects to that idealism. Um, so for me, we, we got stuck and just didn't do anything for years. We're talking eight, close to eight years. For what now? 
being stuck in this conservative viewpoint. No, no, it was about it that five, long. six, five. It, that long. it was about five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, Excuse me. Just stuck, literally, like looking back in the same opinion, nothing changing, mm-hmm. and then all of the sudden, you know, it's like this light bulb went off. We're dying. We're just cognitively opinion, yeah. just dying. And so we started looking around, like we started looking at different opinions just to like, what what, what was it people say now, get woke. Um, but it was just doing research and, and finding out different opinions just to get a better mindset of what we believe. Um, and then throughout our opinions started changing, you know. I think being in a part and of we started leaving it bad and... Christian helped so, that because that exposed us to beliefs that well, we normally didn't Well, it exposed us to hear. a deconstruction method. Yeah. Um, which, which I would suggest everyone to do, maybe not an extreme deconstruction, but just checking Don't demolish yourself. everything, but um, check to see if you believe what you believe because it's true or is it because you grew up with it? Right. Um, but realizing if, if what mattered back then matters to you now and they're not just like core values of like being honest, um, hard work, like they're just not like core human values. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just these stagnant values that that can change, and they haven't. Um, I refuse to think that's a well-rounded person. Um, if you were stuck in a mindset and unable mm. to see, be vulnerable enough to listen, um, Ooh, nice tie, and and do honestly everything else we talked about, then then you're dying. Like you, you might be physically and you might live to two hundred, but you're brain dead. Mm. People will notice this, especially in our day and age, when I can fact check you as you're talking. I can download an app that records you, and every time you make a statement, it fact checks you. That's beautiful. I need that in my life. Guess what? You have to be on point with what you're saying. Whether we agree with your position or not, it's another issue. But the fact is, um, if your opinion's the same, we're just not going to hang out with you. Grow. You have to grow. Because. (laughs) Always check yourself. Well, no. So growing brings humility. Because growing means you have to admit you were wrong. And when we don't grow, we don't admit we're wrong. And we get cocky and we get all these other things that we've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Just, just check yourself once a year, sit down and go, my new year's resolution is to, we're going to deconstruct some beliefs. We're going to see if I still believe that way. We're going to do some research to make sure I'm correct. Um, and we're going to see where we land, you know, um, I rather see people do that than anything else. Because if people would stop and change their views, it would actually lessen, I believe, like 90% of our issues right now. Yeah. If they would just check it and keep checking it. Just being willing to be wrong. Again, once a year. One day out of the year, you're going, I'm going to kick myself in the gut today and we're just going to do this until I figure out whether I'm right or wrong for doing it. Hmm. Um, And that's okay. Because that's what we pretty much do every year. We have kind of the same conversation come January of, okay, 
what is, you know, what are we doing? What is this? Okay, do we really believe that anymore? And we bounce back, and it the conversation gets shorter and shorter because we started doing it once a month, once a week. I check myself at least a couple times a week now. Julia does the same thing. I'm barely certain of it. I wouldn't say that much. Well, I mean, be vulnerable here. A, it's very hard for me to admit that I'm wrong. <laughs> it is, but you still check yourself rather than facts or but opinions. I still will check and make sure. And that's because I, I, I do that so much. Yeah. It's hard. Okay, well, I'm pretty confident in this. But, but let me look it up. Let me, let me go look. Let me feel. Am I wrong on feeling this way towards this issue or this opinion or... Do I really believe this is what you know, the Bible meant? I hadn't meant? even noticed that, but we do have a lot of those conversations where, hey, is this wrong that I feel this way? And then the other is able to go, uh, yeah. That's... No, or no, no, you, uh, you're you actually a little not mad enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, and, and we do because we've, we've built a culture in our home that, that, that so, so our six-year-old believes in Santa. Okay. We have done nothing to facilitate this belief system. We've actually like fought her on it. Um, we've debated her multiple times. Hey, you know he's not real. She's like, she finally got down to it. I was like, yeah, I really just don't care about your opinion on that. Um, no, it was no. I believe, and that's enough. Well, but but that's a six year old. That's a six year old's version. I really don't care about your opinion. I understand that, but I'm just gonna go with this. Guess Again, what? Back to your original point. If she was twenty six oh, and God. was like, "Oh my, no, you just don't know. Santa's real." Yeah, that would be concerning. But she's six. Well, uh, yeah, but but she's six. But for her, that is an amazingly cognitive, and like she chooses to believe in it because obviously she gets joy out of it. It brings her some form of joy, and so we view that is. One, she's debated her side, and you know it, it doesn't hurt her to. She knows Santa's not real, but it doesn't hurt her for her to have that belief. Um, and we know there's going to come a time where she doesn't believe that. Why? Because she sees the change in how we do things. We used to spank. We no longer spank, unless you have. Like like we spank, but when I say spank, it's just like a a tap More like, like a smack to tap it, no don't do that it's to get the attention um, rather than to yeah, cause pain yeah we, we, we don't we don't do that anymore um, we're doing our best not to raise our voices especially me like that's a, it's a hard thing to do when we both grew up in families where our families are yelled mm-hmm. um, a lot and they yelled at us for yelling and told which is weird um, which I believe you mentioned so we're trying to yeah, do that we also dad would cuss then tell us not to cuss and be like well why do you get because i'm the dad yeah okay um but we're trying to change those things both of us and it's hard it is so hard it's easier just to go along with what you know and it sucks because our oldest who's nine like grew up with us a certain way and i feel so guilty because how our youngest is being raised is so fucking different it's night and day and I'm, we're doing our best to convert, and this is a lot on me, to convert her over to the new system, but it, we keep falling back into that. So there's growth. But the fact is, we both know we're changing and we're going to make that growth because we're willing to make that growth. We're not just, we're stuck here, fuck it, who cares? 
you know, that's not what we say. We're like, damn, I'm trying and it's so hard, but we're willing to change because we see the benefit in the change because what mattered then does not matter now. And what matters right now, 30 years from now, will not, I pray to God, will not matter 30 years from now. I pray my views are better and different and evolved and refined and and all these things. Um, well, they should be because if because that's healthy. Gro- if we are actually growing, they should um, be better. And and so you know, like I said, check yourself. Like Julia said, check yourself. Take some self inventory. And it doesn't have to be a lot. Just you know, um, do I get angry at this? Why do I believe this this way? Is it, do I really believe it or is it something I do? Like just basic questions, break it down, take, take some time. If it takes all year to do it, do it. If it takes a month, a day, whatever it takes, do it. But just do it and be willing to admit I've been wrong for years. I don't believe this and I honestly don't care because that's okay too. Yeah, we've had to do that with a lot of things, especially lately, just looking back and like, why do I believe this or why am I doing this? And just to realize, well, it's what I was taught or I just kind of went along with it. I never actually really thought about it. And having to make those changes was tough, but it's made our lives so much better. Again, it's night and day. Um, I'm not trying to sell you, you know, the miracle pill. But it's an easy but, it's an easy thing to do with immediate results. We should have known this a while ago, <laughs> right? And and it's hence why we're we're saying it. Anyone at our level, at our at our point in life, you know, with kids in their thirties, early thirties, you know, if you know, listen up, anyone below that mark, kids, no kids in their twenties, take heed, man. Um, this isn't just us. You know, we've talked with a lot of other people in our group and well above us. And these are kind of the same things. Yes, they were more refined and better put and uh, more mature. But these are some of the things they said they realized too growing up. And so we're, we're not, again, we're not telling y'all what to do. We're just relaying this is the weather. Be advised. So, but that is, uh, I think all, if you don't have anything else. Nope. I think that was a killer last line. (laughs) I think that should be the title actually. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so thank y'all so much, uh, for listening in, um, whether we've, uh, you know, enlightened you, pissed you off or whatever, um, leave us a comment, a like, shoot us an email at reapcast at gmail.com um, let us know if you want us to do another one we have a few more but we just weren't sure if the format of this was user friendly yeah so if you liked it let us know we'll do another one yeah yeah we i mean we we have a, a whole nother list we could do very easily um and uh one and yeah way of or, doing that is leaving a review it <laughs> is um you know on our facebook page reapcast on uh our simple cast page you can go there and do that um again shoot us an email um you know wherever you're listening to us now thank you uh you more than likely leave a comment a like or whatever there as well 
um, and let us know how we're doing or what you want to hear if you want to hear another one of these episodes. Um, Again, sorry for the lateness of these episodes the past month or two. Um, Depression sucks. Um, I'm doing my best to crawl out of it and get back on this path of recording weekly because I really want to do that. Um, Thank you for the ones who have stuck around and are still listening. Um, I appreciate you and I value you. Um, There will be more interviews coming along with some great people. Um, But yeah, um, thank y'all. And uh, this has been The Recast. Y'all have a good one. Pray more than I've ever prayed. Praying for a brand new day. Let me end my life. Tonight